Welcome to the Amphenol Frontline Podcast, where we share success stories and best practices of Amphenol management throughout the corporation. This episode features Corinne McDonald, EHS Manager for Times Microwave Systems. We talk about the importance of environmental, health, and safety guidelines from the start of the COVID 19 outbreak and how she and other Amphenol EHS managers have had to adjust over time. We also briefly talk about the technology that integrates UV for facility filtration systems, and we discuss some of the ways to keep people safe outside of the workplace, as together we combat the coronavirus pandemic around the world. Corinne, thank you very much for, for being a part of this today, for being on the Frontline podcast, and wanted to tap into your knowledge and expertise in the EHS side of the businesses, uh, environmental health and safety. Am I right? Did I get that right? You did get that right. Thank you. Yes, yes. So you being the EHS manager at Times Microwave Systems uh, in Wallingford, Connecticut, uh, have been at the forefront of a lot of these efforts going on, not only at Times Microwave Systems, but throughout the corporation as part of the frontline task force for COVID-19. But can you just talk a little bit about EHS just as a whole, uh, as far as you know, the the importance of it and its responsibility to the business as you see it. No, absolutely. Thank you for for having me. And and when Dave Silverman and Rick Schneider reached out to me with the opportunity to join the frontline team, I, I really jumped at the opportunity just to collaborate with other EHS professionals throughout Amphenol um, has been very eye-opening and I'm very proud of the work that everyone's been doing. Generally, as EHS professionals, we're really poised to tackle a diverse array of challenges naturally on a daily basis. It's ever evolving. So incident response, risk hazard analysis, assessment and deployment of hierarchy of controls are EHS professionals that have really proven helpful in the mitigation of the spread of COVID-19. So it's been exceptionally helpful to kind of have that group of EHS professionals to dive into all of our expertise. And personally, I'm fortunate that upper management at Times Microwave Systems has really um, embraced environmental health and safety prior to COVID-19. And our team has worked seamlessly to roll out an ongoing oversight of our mitigation efforts. Um, And it's really truly been a joint effort. And I think that's a testament to upper management seeing safety and health of our employees really being integral to our company's success. What were some of the initial steps and actions that that you spearheaded specifically at TMS once you started to see this as this is coming, this is gonna this is gonna be an issue for us. Uh, what were some of the actions that you initially took? Yeah, so we do have a facility in Shanghai. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were able to see this coming prior to its arrival to the United States. And we were, of course, assisting with their efforts and were able to take that into consideration and in preparation for our own U.S.-based sites. So the first main effort was corralling personal protective equipment. Yeah. Um, and that ended up being very vital to our initial success um, in preventing the spread. So we placed large quantity orders for N95 masks, a lot of which could not be Granger specifically, couldn't ultimately fulfill, but 
in seeing the demand, we looked elsewhere and we're definitely ahead of the game in, in that regard. We were also very early on, we generated a core COVID team internally at Times Microwave Systems, which is comprised of our general manager, our director of operations, director of HR, our controller, which was a, a good group of individuals to tackle the challenges that, that come with ensuring that both personnel and facility are equipped to handle all of the changes we had to go through. You were initially, you had the benefit of having a facility in Shanghai to get yourselves ready, not only at the Wallingford plant, but also Mesa, Arizona as well. But also being part of this task force, you've had the opportunity to work with a number of different EHS personnel, as you've talked about. What are some of the things that you've learned in working with them that, you know, you've seen new best practices or or methodology that has been surprising to you that you know that you're going to use moving forward? Early on, we did generate the EHS forum. That was greatly helpful in developing written guidances from the beginning. But even from that, some the ingenuity of the teams throughout the world in generating additional engineering controls to make our new practices, uh, mask usage and um, social distancing more appealing and, of course, effective for personnel. So at times, microwave systems, we were able to generate the ear savers, which mm-hmm. are greatly helpful in ensuring that employees wear the masks and wear them appropriately. And that was done by our engineering team. Uh, they utilized our 3D printer to manufacture those in-house. And we were able to share that through the EHS forum with other infinite operating units. Now that we're three months into dealing with this across not only our corporation, but around the world as well, I think everyone is aware of the basics of how to protect yourself. Wear a mask, stay six feet, you know, try as best you can to stay six, six feet away from one another, wash your hands often. And those are some of the classic generic EHS guidelines that you would suggest to people. But are there any that you've either implemented in the factories or, or made a part of uh, processes, whether it be on the floor or in the offices, that maybe weren't as obvious at first, but have now become a way of life in the businesses that you've been dealing with? I mean, the hygiene stations that we've set up throughout um, Times Microwave Systems have mm-hmm. been working very efficiently to ensure that employees, after they've received the proper training, um, know the proper process for for cleaning their workstations. Um, And of course, this is in addition to our custodial staff's efforts, which have been very much increased since March. Mm -hmm. But just having that that equipment available um, and the knowledge of how to clean, when to clean, I think has been beneficial to a large component of our mitigation efforts. Another project which has not come to fruition yet, but soon will, is our project for automatic door openers. So that, of course, is a fairly large project in and of itself, a capital expenditure, but will not only help us in the short term, but moving forward to reduce touch surfaces. Um, So we mainly focused on areas of higher traffic, So our reception areas that will be, the badge entry will be connected to our good view temperature screening kiosk. 
so that we can better control entry into the facility and ensuring that employees and visitors are following the proper process before they're allowed in. What we're focusing on now at TMS is more so the engineering controls that can assist in the management, the ongoing management of these practices, making it more streamlined, taking out some of the, the human component of it, and making sure that it will work efficiently for the long term. Corinne, I just wanted to touch on something that is also coming to the forefront of some of your efforts, which is assessing technology that integrates UV in order to protect the or to clean the airflow inside of factories and buildings. Can you just give us a brief overview of of how that works and the benefits of that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So at a corporate level, we're endorsing HVAC upgrades in the form of, of course, increased outdoor air intake, enhanced filtration with MERV-15 and HEPA filters, and of course, ultraviolet germicidal irradiation. So at Times Microwave Systems, we have moved forward with applications for induct UVGI. We've researched technologies that integrate electrostatic precipitation, bipolar ionization, catalytic oxidation. Um, However, data does not support that these are viable options. And in most cases, these technologies produce negative or harmful byproducts. Um, so with all the data that we've researched from unbiased sources, mainly ASHRAE guidance, um, have led us to the utilization of ultraviolet technology for both our Mesa, Arizona facilities in Connecticut and Wallingford, Connecticut. Uh, we're utilizing UV resources product. Um, within our HVAC systems. We have many rooftop units. It's kind of a hodgepodge of units, especially in Connecticut where we have an older building. Um, But we've worked directly with UV resources to ensure that we are targeting the proper rate constant to irradiate coronaviruses very similar to SARS-CoV-2. So of course, in utilizing UVGI, you have to properly assess each facility on a case-by-case basis to ensure that its application will be effective. We've worked with a number of other industry experts to kind of confirm that in our locations, one of which um, hopefully will be coming on soon on a consulting basis and be able to be available for other operating units to kind of bounce ideas off of. But we're, we're in a place where we're very confident in the application of UV as opposed to some other technologies that are on the market. And we'll have more information that we'll be able to share with everyone on the frontline sites uh, over the next coming weeks and months, I assume, correct? Yes, we're actively working hard on uh, providing that for all of our operating units. All right, very good. I think more to come on this too, specifically on on UV systems. Uh, I know we've already talked a little bit offline about uh, having some additional people come in and talk about this, just because it's a it's something we've we've started to talk a little bit more about on the frontline sites, but certainly a lot of information still to make sure we get out to people so they can make informed decisions. So one final question, actually, Corinne, as we talk about all these different things and different ways and methods to protect 
our employees inside of the factory to ensure that they're healthy and they're safe. You also feel a responsibility, as I'm sure all the EHS people uh, around the corporation do, to make sure that we provide information to keep people safe outside of our factories as well, because we're going to spend more time outside of the factories than we are inside of the factories. So can you just give us some of the highlights of some of the things that you are suggesting to not only the TMS team, but anyone in the corporation as far as keeping yourself healthy and safe outside of work? Absolutely. So the implications that local reopening has on the work environment um, is, of course, very real. Um, And as as an EHS professional, it's my responsibility to share with employees tools that they can utilize to ensure that they're engaging in socially responsible behavior. Mm -hmm. Of course, employees are going to re-engage socially, however, they need to do so safely for themselves, their families, and hopefully they have their coworkers in mind as well. Um, At Times Microwave Systems, we are providing tools in the source of education, um, as well as some physical tools, so reusable masks that they can utilize uh, that are paired with instructions for proper cleaning, as well as sanitizer that they can actually take home with them. A comment that has been brought up to me many times is that outside of work, they don't have accessibility to these products. Mm-hmm. Um, so we found it was it was our responsibility to at least share with them some of these resources that we, we have available to us. And of course, a byproduct of that is our own facilities being safer. Well, Corinne, thank you very much for giving us the, the EH&S uh, overview and your expertise on all these different subjects about what to do inside factories to make our employees healthy and safe during this time. So thank you very much. Thank you.